Good morning, Lyft Church. My name is Lori Gall and I'm a member at Lyft. If this is your first time worshiping with us, welcome. We are so thankful that you're joining us. Uh, we'd love to connect with you and the best way we can is go to liftchurch.info. There you'll find the connect registry. You may fill out as much information as you would like to. And at the bottom, we also have a place where you can put your prayer requests. If you have a burden or you want um, someone to reach out and pray with you, we have a team of prayer warriors that will pray along with your request uh, throughout the week this week. Also, um, as God has blessed you and you wanna give back, we have a place that you can give online. And that offering will go towards the Rochester area to reach the lost and to increase God's kingdom. I wanna say thanks for everyone that came out to the Summer Social yesterday. It was a great time of fellowship. We had an opportunity to pray together, to worship together, and to meet together in Jesus' name. And it was wonderful. So thanks for coming out. For those of you that didn't make it, hey, it's okay, because we're gonna have others, other opportunities in the future. Also, I just wanna praise God that we raised $5,000 for the Brook Community Church in the, on the Twin Cities, in the metro area. We have been collecting donations and thank you for doing that because as a church, we are gonna bless the community there. There is an opportunity in July 17th and 18th, so mark your calendars for that. You'll also find it on the event page for more information and also if you wanna RSVP. There we're gonna have opportunities to pack the bags, you know, care packages for the families that have been impacted by what has happened up there in the Twin Cities. So it's a great opportunity to serve along with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Also, I just want to thank Ron for the unstuck messages that we have been having these last three weeks. It's been great. Um, I have learned a lot. I've been able to apply a lot for what he's, the messages that he's given. And I also want you to get out your Bibles and get your pens ready in your journals because he's going to uh, continue on with the unstuck series in chapter Exodus chapter 3. Um, let us pray right now so we can prepare our hearts in time of worship and what God's message for us to apply for this week. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for your mercy for us. Um, your mercy um, by giving Christ your son um, to die on the cross for our sins is a wonderful um, act of love and compassion towards us. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would be able to show that same mercy and compassion to those brothers and sisters in Christ and to those that don't even know you yet. Lord, through these messages that we've heard, Lord, I just pray that you would open up our ears and our hearts so that we would hear the message that you have to speak through Ron today, that we would be able to apply that uh, to our lives and to be uh, able to be bold and make an impact in the Rochester area and to those that we meet and to our families that we're witnessing to. We just give you the praise and the glory for what you're gonna do today and throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me for change to come knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet 
still in your hands this is my confidence you've never failed me yet i know the See
Good morning, Lift Church, or what's up, Lift Church? How are you doing? Because possibly it's not Sunday morning, possibly it's Sunday afternoon, or in the evening, or possibly during the week. We're just so thankful that you're tuning in. We're so thankful that you're listening online. And I want to start off first by saying thank you so much. Thank you for being so generous as we gave uh, to the brook, as we gave to Pastor Seth's church a couple weeks ago. We were able to raise uh, a, a lot of money to be able to help those children in need in Minneapolis. So great job, Lift Church. Way to step up. So thankful for you. And this morning, we're going to continue our sermon series called Unstuck, because we all know what it's like to get stuck in this life. For some of us, we're we feeling stuck in our job. For some of us, we're in this job that we just can't get out of. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to turn. For some of us, we get stuck in relationships. We, we get stuck possibly in our marriages. We, we get stopped in like this conflict in our relationship with our spouse. And we're thinking, how in the world do I get out of this? How do I get out of this, this point of tension? Uh, for, some of, for some of you, you're single and you're trying to navigate through life and you're trying to navigate through what are the next steps for you and you feel like you just keep going around kind of the same cul-de-sac and you go round and round and round. We've all been at these places where we feel stuck. And that's why we're doing the sermon series because the reality is church, right? We know that even as a church, we've been stuck and it's time for us to get out. It's time for us to step out, to step out in faith, to be able to keep moving forward in our relationship with God and our relationship with others, as well as in the life of our church. And when we get stuck, there's two questions that we ask, right? The first question is, how did I get here? Right? I mean, whenever you get stuck, you're like, I mean, how did I, how did I get here? How do I find myself here? Pastor John talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then last week, I talked about this question, how do I get out? How do I get out? And, and this is the one line I wanted you to remember from last week, and I want you to remember throughout this ser sermon series, that how you get out, it's a journey that starts with a relationship. It's a journey that starts with a relationship. If you want out of the conflict in your relationships, if you want out of like this cul-de-sac living and going round and round, if you want out of the addiction that you're going through, if you want out of the difficulties and struggles and the things that you're battling through, I'm telling you, getting out starts with a relationship, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's just be so clear about that and just like so focused on who Jesus is and what he's doing. And what we're doing as a church is we're going back and we're looking at the life of Moses to see how he got unstuck out of the life that he was living. Because this is what we know about being stuck. When we are stuck, it's hard to get out and we have many excuses to not move forward. Yes, with me on that? I mean, that's just a reality. When we're stuck, we know that there's barriers, there's lids to be able to get through and it's hard to get unstuck. Let me think about this. So a couple years ago, my wife and I were, were gonna run the marathon together. And, and so let me tell you something, all my entire life, I hate running. I despise running. Running meant pain, 
running meant punishment for me. And it's because I was growing up, I was an athlete, so anytime you had to run, it was for punishment's sake. And now we're like, oh, hey, let's go run a marathon, 26.2 miles, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so here we are, so, we, so we're trying to run the marathon, and we're training, and this is the reality, right? We'd hit these different levels. I would hit these levels when it came to running. At first it was like a mile, how in the world am I gonna run a mile? And then it was like five miles. And then you start running 10 miles. And at 10 miles, I wanted to be done. That was like the lid. And the only way to break through that stuckness of the 10 miles, the only way to break through that time was to work a little harder, to grind some stuff out, to push myself in such a way to get to 11 miles and 12 miles. And for some of us, we find ourselves stuck. And let me tell you something, we have reasons why we're stuck. We have excuses to stay at the 10 mile limit. We have excuses to stay stuck in our relationships. We have excuses to stay stuck in our jobs. You guys with me on that? I mean, it's so true. I mean, think about the excuses, right, that we have. I mean, think about the thing, why we think, I'm just too tired. I'm I'm too tired to keep trying to battle in this relationship and so we just settle and we stay stuck for, for some of us when it comes right to our relationship with God we're just like man I just I just don't have time I don't have time to like pursue I don't have time to spend with God I, I just don't have time to be able to serve the church I, I don't have time and so what happens is we, we live at this this lid when it comes to our relationship with God and we have many excuses and so what are we doing we remain stuck For some of you, it's true in your relationships. You've gotten to this place where where you're just stuck in your relationships and you know that that the next step is possibly a difficult conversation or possibly it's to forgive that person who has hurt you. And you're like, you know what? I don't want to do it. So what happens? We stay stuck. We have excuses to stay where we are. And let me just say this as we start the message out you will always have an excuse to stay stuck. You will always have a reason to keep going round and round the cul-de-sac. But let me tell you something, you will always have a God that's helping you out. You always have a God who is saying, I am with you, let's get out of this cul-de-sac, let's get out of this struggle, let's get out of this temptation, let's get out of this difficulty, let's get out of this suffering, I'm going to lead the way. Remember, Every journey that starts with getting unstuck, it's a journey that starts with a relationship, and it's your relationship with God. So let's dive in. Let's dive into our text this morning, Exodus chapter 3. Open up your Bibles, grab it off the shelf, get it off the coffee table, get it, open it up, get it into your hands. Exodus chapter 3, our first excuse to stay stuck is this, who am I? I mean, I mean, who am I anyway? Who, who am I that God would use me? Who am I that God would care for me? Who am I that God would love me? Who am I that God would want me part of anything of what he's doing? This is the first excuse. We're going to stay here this morning. Next week, we're going to talk about three other excuses. But this excuse is so significant. I want to spend more time because so many of us struggle with our identity, don't we? So many of us struggle with who in the world are we? So many of you right now are so stuck because you're thinking, I don't deserve to get out. I don't deserve to be forgiven. 
Like, like who am I that, that, that I have any ability to be able to get through? Look at my past, all these kinds of things. We struggle so much with our identity. We struggle so much with who in the world am I, just as Moses did. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to pick it up at verse 10. Here's what the Word of God says. And here's what God is saying to Moses. God, uh, come. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So here's God in the burning bush. That's where we left off last week, right? So God is in this burn, like his presence, right, is is just all around at this moment. And God is using this burning bush to wake up Moses. And in the midst of this moment, God speaks to Moses. And God says, Moses, it's time. It's time, and you are going to lead my people out of the nation of Egypt. And remember, for 40 years, Moses has been a shepherd for 40 years. Moses has had like this redo. He's this, he's become a husband, he's married, right? He's got some children, he's been a shepherd for 40 years. And God shows up and says, Moses, it's time. It's time for you to be that man that I've called you to be from the very beginning. And he says, hey, let's go. Let's do this. And look what Moses says in verse 11. And we see our first excuse so clearly. Verse 11, Moses says, Moses says this. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? I mean, who, who am I that I should be this leader? Who am I that I should be the one who leads your people out of Egypt? God, like, who in the world am I? Like, don't you, don't you remember? Like, don't you remember, like, what I've done? Don't you remember my past? And honestly, I think one of the first things that, that we see with Moses, honestly, I think he just got comfortable with where he's at. I mean, he's, he's married now. He's got kids. He, he has a father-in-law. Like, he, he has this, this place, kind of this life, and it's comfortable. And I think Moses is like, God, I, I, I'm, I'm okay, you know? Like, let's just stay where we are. Let's just, let's just kind of stay stuck. I mean, who, who am I that, that I should go and and I think the second thing that's going through with Moses is going, like Moses has forgotten who he is. Moses got lost along the way. Like he, he's, he, he's, he's lost this, this dream and this vision that, that he was going to be this leader to be able to help the nation of Israel. He's kind of like lost that dream. And now he's like, who am I? And I think he's just kind of saying to God, like, I'm not that guy anymore. I killed somebody, God, like, remember? I killed that guy. And then I ran away, I I fled. I fled to the desert, I fled to the wilderness. Like, who in the world am I that I should lead your people now? And think about Moses's, I mean, I know if I was Moses, I'd be thinking this, I'd be like, and if I go back to the nation of Israel, who's gonna listen to me? I mean, why would they ever listen to me? I grew up in palaces. Like, I grew up with education. I I, I grew up with all this stuff, and and then I tried to come and help, and then I killed somebody, and then I ran away. Who's going to listen to me anyway? 
I mean, I mean, who am I that I should do this? And honestly, I think this is our number one excuse when we are stuck. Who am I? Who am I that I should go? Who, who am I that I should be forgiven, right? Who, like, who am I when we're lost and wandering around? Like, like, who am I? Look how much I've messed up along the way. Who am I that I should go? Who am I that I should be the one that helps someone know Jesus? Like, who am I that I should disciple this person that I need to disciple, right? Like, like who am I that I should lead worship? Who am I that I should engage in anything? Like, who am I? Let's just stay stuck. The reality is it's a lot easier in some ways. It's a lot easier to kind of keep going on the cul-de-sac. It's familiar. It's what we know. And that's where some of you are at. Like some of you, man, like you were in this place when you were younger. You were on fire for Jesus. Maybe a couple of years ago, even with Lift Church, right? You were on fire for Jesus. You saw God moving in such powerful ways. And, and now things are broken. Think Things have been struggling. The church has been struggling. And now we come to this place of, well, who am I, God, that you're going to use Lift Church again, right? I mean, who, who am I, God, that you're going to use me in the process? Like, I mean, who am I? I mean, look at my past. That's what some of you are saying right now this morning. You, you look back to your past and you're like, how is God ever going to use someone like me? For some of you, as you look past, it's, look what I've done. Look at the sin I've committed. Look at, look at the, whatever it is, look, whatever struggle you have. Like, look at the bitterness you're holding on to. Look at, look at the conflict that you bring into the room. Like, look at the people maybe you haven't loved as much as you should have. Like, like who are you? Maybe, maybe you're struggling with being a dad or being a mom, and you're like, man, like, I'm a terrible mom or I'm a terrible dad. Like, who am I? We struggle with this stuff. And then so for some of you, right, for some of us, right, we look at our abilities and we think we have nothing to give. I mean, who am I that God's going to use me? Let me tell you something. You need to hear what Moses heard from God himself. Because while you are saying, why me? God sees who you truly are. And you're his kid. He loves you dearly. You're his. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. You're a child of God, and he's going, you're mine. That's who you are. You're, you're a daughter of the king. You're a son of the king. Like, that's who you are. And he's looking at Moses, and he's going, Moses, I know who you are. I know who you are. I created you. I, I put you in that palace for you to be educated, for, for you to experience all these things in Egypt. Like, like I put you there. I know, I know who you are. And no matter where you live, Moses, no matter what you've been doing, I know you. In the midst, in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of the mess, God says, I know you and you're ready. I mean, think about that with Moses. Moses hadn't done anything to prove himself for God to show up and all of a sudden use Moses, right? I mean, it was just an ordinary day for Moses, and God shows up. And people, let me tell you something. It's in that place of brokenness. It's in that, it's in that mess that God loved you anyway, and God says, let's go. 
It's time to move. This is the greatness of, of, of Jesus, right? This is the greatness of the gospel. In Romans chapter 5, right, this is 8 to 12, right? God, God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were his enemies, Christ died. God doesn't wait for us to get ready. God doesn't wait for us to clean ourselves up. God doesn't wait. He says, you're my kid. Let's go. I know your mess. I know your brokenness. Lift church. Think about how powerful this is for us as a church. I know the mess. I know the history. I know the brokenness. You're ready. It's time. It's time to move forward. Yeah, we'll work through things. We'll deal with the past. We'll deal with forgiveness. We'll get there. But we have to start moving. It's in our story. It's in our story that God uses our stories to do something powerful. It's our stories that enable us to step into the ministry, to be able to step into the calling that God has for you. It's a beautiful thing. And God says, you ready? Let's get back in the text. Look at verse 12. You will always have an excuse to stay stuck. And you will always have God helping you out. Look at, look at verse 12. God said, he said, but I will be with you. Underline that. Like highlight it. Put it in that memory bank. He said to Moses, right? But I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. God gives Moses a picture of a future. He says, you're going to be back here. You're going to be back here on this mountain. But I'm calling you. And who you are, I am with you. Our excuse is who am I? God responds to that excuse and he says, I am with you. Are you hearing that? Every time you say, who am I that I should do this? Who am I that I should receive this? Who am I? God says to you, I am with you. That's who you are. You're my kid. I'm with you. God goes with you. My family took a little vacation out uh, to Phoenix, Arizona. We were at Chicago uh, Midway Airport walking through. My family was a little bit late to the flight, so we were kind of like cruising through, uh, you know, kind of getting through security. And we had about 20 more minutes left to make sure we, we get to our gate. And so we're kind of just cruising through the hallway. And all of a sudden, out of, the, out of like the corner, I hear, this, I hear this voice like, Pastor Ron, Pastor Ron. And I stop in my tracks and I turn around and here's this, this young man calling out. And now, now, some of you guys don't know this guy. Obviously, most of you don't know who he is. But like, this is the kid that when he was like 12 years old, when we were just starting the church, he was playing drums on Easter Sunday at our church. One of the best drummers that I've seen, I've seen drum. And here he is now at Midway Airport calling out. And here's also what I know about him. When he was about 16, 17, in his garage, right? Think about this. In his garage, he created this like Foz fog haze type machine to where he would use it for haunted houses, kind of like a kind of like a dry ice in the way it creates this fog. He created a machine. He created this thing that fog and haze would kind of come out of this thing. And listen, this guy's 
company that he invented, right? This, this guy's business got, got to be so big that for the like last year's Super Bowl, it was his company, right? That actually did like the confetti, like did the fog, did the haze. Like he's, he's done all these keys, like done Taylor Swift concerts. Like he's done all this stuff. And here he is in an airport, but like, Pastor Ron, right? So I come over to him and uh, I'm like, oh, I don't want to say his name. I'll just call him Bob. Oh, Bob, man, it's so good to see you. And, uh, and he was just kind of, he was just kind of at this place of, of brokenness. He's kind of at this place of, that I could tell something had gone wrong. And, and he said, hey, he said, well, the reality is, like, things are just not going well. With COVID-19, there's no more concerts, right? There's no more big events that are going on, and my company is struggling. And, uh, and he said, in fact, I'm off to Dallas right now to try to rework machines so that they actually, think about this, this is how good the kid is, like, so that these machines now can clean auditoriums in the midst of COVID-19, that you can turn it on at night and all of a sudden you can get cleaned, like the whole auditorium can get cleaned overnight, those kind of things. And I said, man, that's amazing. But he just seemed, he just seemed a little lost. And he said, well, Ron, he said, I'm off to Dallas and, and I don't know, we're just not doing well. And I said, can I pray for you right now? And right there in the airport, I just started praying for him. And at the end of the prayer, I opened my eyes, and he was just emotional. He was just in this place, and he said, listen. He said, you have no idea how that has impacted me. You have no, I mean, he, he was getting emotional. And I said, listen, Bob, God is with you. As you go to Dallas, he is with you. As you think, right, who am I? God is with you. Live church. Like whoever's listening out there right now online, if you begin to think as that excuse, there's no way that I can do it. Who am I to be used of God? Who am I that I can be a follower of Jesus? Like who am I? God says to you, I'm with you. I'm with you. I've got you. And look at what God promises to do. Look at verses, look at verse 13. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, well, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you, and this is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and is what been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Berezites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. You see what God does? God says in this moment, right? Moses is like, well, what am I supposed to say? How are they going to know? And God says, listen, tell them I am sent you. The God of Isaac, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob. And listen, in this moment, God promises, right, not only his presence, but God promises that he will get involved. God promises that he is sending Moses out 
and he is going to go before the nation of Israel in every way. Listen, when we begin to ask, who am I? When we begin to use this excuse as we hit barriers in our relationship with God, as we hit barriers in our relationship with others, as we keep going around the cul-de-sac, God says, it's time to get out. And when we think, who am I? Remember this, God says, I am with you. And God says, not only am I with you, but I'm going to get involved. He's with us. He will go before us. He's going to step in. And he's going to, we're going to see God move mountains. We're going, to get, we're going to see God do the miraculous. You're going to see God do the miraculous in your family. You're one of his. You're his kid. He loves you. He's with you. He's for you. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. A couple years ago, I went out with a friend out to Las Vegas. He, uh, I was going through some hard times, and he said, hey, let me, let me take you with me. And uh, we just kind of went on this trip. We stayed out in Hendersonville, which is not in Vegas. We weren't, we weren't really a part of all that stuff. But we went out to Hendersonville, and this is what I remember. We like flew in uh, on Southwest, and it got to the airport, and then you, and then you got to look for the rental cars, right? The rental car whole thing, that's a disaster. It's a, every time it's a disaster, every time I go to the airport. And this is why, right? You get to the airport, you look for the rental car agency first. You usually have to take a bus to get to the rental car agency, right? Usually the wait in line to get in the bus, to go to the rental car. Then you finally get to the rental car agency, and there's these huge lines. It's massive. It's ridiculous. It's so frustrating. And so typically, like, it's an hour and a half before you get your rental car and all this kind of stuff. Fly in to Vegas. We start walking towards the rental car agency, and we miss. And, and this guy that I'm with, right? He's a business guy. He flies frequently, and uh, and 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 we start like we just go right through the line. And I was like, hey, like we have to wait in line. He's like, no, we don't. He's like, in fact, so we, so we get right into the gar the garage where all the rental cars are, right? And and then he says, pick out whatever car you want. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. Like, we have to go in line. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not this first class kind of dude. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we have to wait in line. We got to, like, sign up for a car. He's like, hey, pick whatever car. Like, whatever car. You're talking, like, Ford, like, whatever it is. So I pick out this Ford Mustang convertible. He just simply gets in the car. The key's in it already. And he starts driving. And I'm thinking, where are the cops? I'm like, where are the cops right now? We pull up to the gate. He shows him like this car, he shows him his license, and we pass right on through. And I'm like, you've gotta be kidding me. How in the world did that happen? I'm thinking, who am I that I would ever be able to do this? And now I'm thinking, who are you, right, to my friend, that you can do such things? And the reality is, because I was with my friend, because he was with me, we were able to do it. We were able to get through. He not only, like, not only was I with him, but he was able to do something about it. And let's just take a step back. Because for some of us, we're stuck in this cul-de-sac. And you need to know that, that God is with you. It's like, it's like get in that car and, and begin to drive. And the reason why you can do it is because God is with you. And not only is he with you, but he's going to get involved and do something about it. And this, and this morning or this evening or whenever you're watching this, wherever you're at, listen to this. God is saying to you, it's time to go. Let's go. And when you say to yourself, 
Who am I that I should go? God is saying to you, I'm with you and I will lead you. And our role is to step in that car. Step in the car and go. Trust him. Do the next right thing. See what God has for you. Don't miss out. Don't keep going round and round the cul-de-sac. Don't remain stuck. The journey out of being stuck is a relationship, and it starts with your relationship with God. And he says to you, wherever you're at, it's time to move. Will you trust God? Will you trust God for what he has? Will you get in that car and begin to move forward with God leading you the whole way? When you say, who am I? God says, I am with you, and I'm involved. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Lord Jesus, I just, I just pray right now for us. I pray for us as a church. I pray for anyone who's listening in. Lord Jesus, when we ask, who am I? Lord, may we look to you. May we look to the cross. May we see the resurrection. May we know that we are your children and that you have forgiven us because of what you've done for us on the cross, that you rose three days later to prove that you are the one and the way and the truth and the life. Lord Jesus, we trust you. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for getting us out. We thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you are, as you want to be, are you ready? Are you ready? Come now, tired, broken, scared, or just in need. Ready or not, it's alright. Take your time, if nothing else, just come.
seen, we ain't seen nothing yet. Are you ready? Are you ready? Well, come now. Bring him praise for what he's gonna do next. Are you ready? Are you ready?